I was alive. I might have been a little body, but after they killed me, I became something much, much worse. The stuff nightmares are made of. The children still feared me, and their fear gave me the power to invade their dreams. And that's when the fun really began. Until they figured out a way to forget about me. To erase me completely. I can't come back if nobody remembers me. I can't come back if nobody's afraid. I had to search the bowels of hell. But I found someone. Someone who make them remember. He may get the blood, but I'll get the glory. And that fear is my ticket home. Welcome to episode 102 of The Fear of God. It's a whole new 100-episode block. We're in a new era. We are entering into the next chapter, the next phase, as it were. Uh, You are listening to a show that blends Christian faith and explorations in that general area with the horror genre. And for 101 episodes now... You have been hearing from one Mr. Reed Lackey and one Mr. Nathan Rouse. But as you know, I have multiple times now eradicated one Mr. Nathan Rouse in these little openings. And I just didn't know how we were going to be able to continue the show uh, doing this. So there's been all this antagonism. I would kill him off. You know, he would just send me on some little adventure, but I would kill him off to whenever I would open the show. Um, So... I finally decided, after all this time, that I'm going to dig him up and bring him back. So hopefully there won't be any more battles. Hopefully there won't be any more conflict moving forward. I dug up his rotted corpse that I had decimated in The Purge. I dug up his his decayed body from the Final Destination episode. I have now brought him back. In fact, he's here right now. Nathan, how you doing? Reed, friend! I'm good. I'm good. I, I mean, I don't know what uh, Jason, <laughs> Jason, Jason for what? Oh, oh, Jason. Oh, I can't even conjure Arnold right now. <laughs> Do you like that? Like it's gone. Arnold's gone. He has left the. He has left the building. Oh my gosh. Woo! 
101. I am still recovering from 101. That was one monster party. Oh my gosh. And uh man, I I almost I almost didn't make it to this one, but I appreciate you uh getting out the defibrillator and just you know putting it on my chest and here I am. So I, I thought, Reed, that you were heading for uh a showdown between you and I. Like it's gonna be <laughs> RVN, right? You know? RVN. Uh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Hashtag RVN. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, um, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're here. You're here. We're so glad. We're excited that you guys are here. We're going to dive right into some stuff now. But if you have not done so, then please, we would urge you to go to iTunes, uh, leave us a rating, leave us a review. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm excited about this episode. I'm excited for what's next. Reed, I want to give you some, some public props, brother. Like, um, you know, I, I didn't know exactly how 101 would land when we were recording it. I was like, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of green screen happening. You know, there's a lot of motion capture going on. Like, I just didn't know how it would look in the final production. And and you you, <laughs> you out you outdid yourself. Uh, I, well, I, thank you very I, much. I drew a lot of joy from the the walk down memory lane, and it, it, it would seem that our listeners took some fun out of that too. So thank you guys so much for, you know, being along this, uh, crazy journey. And yes, as Reed mentioned, we are jumping into a new series, um, today, a, a, a semi brief series, but before we get there, Reed, I just got to know what you watching. <laughs> what you reading? Yeah. What you listening to? <laughs> wow. Bye-bye. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Um, so, uh, I was actually, I, I, I know you're very, you were very excited about this. Um, I think you're a little bit further ahead than I am, but, um, I, I, let's, we've Are you calling me old? A couple of t- yes. Okay. I'm calling you, I'm calling you much older than I am. Um, so no, uh, I know that we're, you know, watching it together. We've tagged in on it a couple of times, but, um, I felt the need and the compulsion, and if you want to join in on this, uh, to to bring up Castle Rock. Again. I want to do it. Can uh, um, Can I throw two cents in the pool before sure. you do this? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Go right ahead. Because I will, I will say this for Castle Rock. Like, um, it's it's hard to say. I, I would I would be mildly interested in a total rewatch. As of this recording, eight episodes are out. You watched seven, right? I've only seen up through episode seven. Okay, yeah. I don't know that I would totally want to do a rewatch because I do think some of those early episodes are, are super slow and kind of, but, but as seven indicates, there's layers upon layers, you know, time as a face on the water. Thank you side. Mm-hmm. But I will, I will say this. I, I, I'm, I'm eating crow, which is also a castle rock reference, not the eating of them, but the showing up of them. <laughs> um, so episode four, I think it was four had a deft, turn in the latter part of it so for anyone watching this is the hulu stephen king inspired show episode four has a really great final 15 20 minutes um that are really gripping five is interesting six is pretty good seven is amazing and i don't know that Mm -hmm. i've had as strong a pivot from relative ambivalence like i was on board because it was good and i would have said yeah i'd give this kind of a three out of five sort of thing right but but the sissy spacex centered say that three times fast um, <laughs> episode titled the queen my goodness what a tour de force and a monstrous episode it was staggering and and here's the thing that i really responded to is it it feels somewhat complete 
of itself. Like, I, I get the feeling, and this would be hard to test out or prove out, I get the feeling that if you just dropped somebody in who had not watched the rest of this show, but you showed them that episode, I have a feeling that they would still find it very emotional and compelling. Not even really sure, sure what sure. all of the threads lingered out to. Now, that may not be completely accurate, but I feel like it was just, if, if I had a ding against it, um, and it's not even against that episode. It's 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 kind of against the show as a whole. It's just that episode is so next level and so well crafted, so inventive, so emotional, so narratively fascinating, so beautifully produced that it almost you know in in several ways feels like part of a different show. Like it's sure. not part yeah. of the the rest of what we've seen. It is because we're seeing the same actors. We're seeing previous scenes that we've already recontextualized, recontextualized. Um, but it was brilliant and it was a it was brilliant from concept all the way through execution has a tremendous emotional payoff it was phenomenal i cannot for 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 my personal tastes i don't think episode maybe the show can be but i don't think episode seven of castle rock as you mentioned called the queen uh, with sissy spacek in literally every scene i mean it is her episodes you know cradle to grave i don't think that episode can be overhyped it is beautiful no. brilliant staggering it's wonderful well, I, I felt like you a little bit in your capacity to just talk to a room. This happens every <laughs> now. This happens every now and then with TV shows where a particular episode of a run of a series is so above par that mm, mm. you're kind of like. And this happened to me. It was like, is anybody else seeing this? This is. <laughs> I'm awake. This is amazing. Not not as in this show is so stupid, but as in like I'm I'm present. I am here. Holy cow! You guys yes. have me gripped, and it just it's unrelenting. It is a fantastic episode, and I do Wonderful. think one of the things we're glancing off of here inadvertently is, you know, any listener to the show for a little while knows my sort of love and hate relationship with the Netflix Marvel shows, but TV in general these days that wants to specialize as the ten hour movie. Um, mm -hmm. I think we have begun for a bit of a time for, for a while now to see the limits of that kind of model. Like mm. you start mm -hmm. to strain against the format. Yeah. And so an episode eight does this as well, but seven is the first to really plant a flag in this idea of just like, okay, I, I get that you want the 10 hour movie in terms of a narrative umbrella, but I need some some stops and starts on the path else. It's just not going to be interesting. You know what right, I mean? Like, right. I just I need some I need something to break up so I can feel like I'm getting my time's worth, frankly. Right. Yeah, you know? of course. I like, understand. I'm going to devote this time and energy to a particular piece of art. I want you to I want to feel rewarded for that and not just you're filling out the gaps with atmosphere and mood and nothing else. Right. Um, exactly. Episode eight, once you do watch it, I think you'll really enjoy it's it's it is not the same caliber of seven, but it is different enough that it feels mm. kind of like that as well. It kind of rides some of rides some of the coattails of seven with its energy. So it's it's pretty fun. Oh, so, that's yeah, killer. I mean, Castle Rock, I, I I'm curious to see how it lands. You know, I, I really too. don't know what amount of ground they're going to cover because there's a lot of suggested stuff going on in the story sure. which is yeah. pretty fascinating but yeah very much recommend castle rock yeah well uh i i guess if 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 you're good because boy 
I am anxious and excited to get into the to this episode. So uh, that'll that'll conclude, if it's okay with you, uh, this week's installment of What You Watching, Watching? What You Reading, Reading, What You Listening To. Do, 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 do. This felt like you were doing like a. I would have to re-listen to what you just did, so maybe do it again in a second. So would I. Like, so would I. I'm not going to. I know. It. <laughs> I, like it, it felt a little like Whitney Houston, Amy oh. Grant, Amy Grant, Heart in Motion kind of vibe going on. Oh, is really? What it felt like it did. It you, did. Lackey, 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 lackey. I'm taken <laughs> with the podcast. Well, I was nice. <laughs> if that happened, it was purely accidental because that. Oh uh, no, just, I know, but that's what that's where where the spirit leads, brother. It's where the spirit right. leads. We will follow. So, so uh, uh, can I can I introduce the series? Can I jump us into that? And you, you... Uh, yes, because I have, uh, and, and we do have one more quick announcement oh, before we well, get into do the it. So, do so the business. Let me, do your business, Reed. I, I tell you what, though, it because... is number it is number two. So. <laughs> Wow. So, okay. So here's what I will say, though. I want you to introduce the series first because my announcement directly ties into what we're talking about today. So, so you go ahead awesome. and introduce the series. Cool. Well, guys, it, we, we did 101 last week, which is just a looking back. You know, we are looking forward now. We are trying to Empire Strikes Back this thing. And, you know, who knows? We may end up far far afield of empire strikes back we'll see but in addition to that it felt fun to capitalize on a bit of the inside jokery that happens here at the fear of god occasionally um and name a series number two which is going to be uh particularly keyed in on uh sequel-esque material of what we are covering. So yes, we are, we are starting today with a new series, a new three episode series titled number two. So here, here we are, Reed. We're, we're Indeed. up, we're up Indeed. in it as it were. <laughs> so I will introduce, you've already seen it in your feed listeners. Most of you may already know because of all the activity going on on social media and the, in the Facebook group and stuff. But coming up, this isn't, this is an authentic announcement coming up next month. We are. Doing- I like how you preface that as though like this, there might be a chance this was just fake news that you're about to well, share. Well, no, 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 but we joke around a lot. So this one <laughs> is, is, uh, and, and through the month of October, we did this last year with hashtag I love the 90s, and that was very fun and very exciting. We are going to reprise that general format and model, and we are going to have for the month of October 2018, we are going to have hashtag I love the 80s that's so, exciting i love that you I said the word excited. reprise i like you read like oh i like reprise. you too yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah yes. yeah go ahead so so here's what here's how this is going to work because it's going to be a little bit truncated from what we did last year um last year we had like you know a month to nominate films uh we're gonna have to tighten the time frame just a little bit so you have this week you have from tuesday to tuesday to submit to us through any medium that you see fit. You can email us, fearofgodpodcast at gmail.com. Smoke signals? Uh, I won't be able to read your smoke signals. You can try it if you want to. But <laughs> you can you can uh, comment on Instagram. You can comment on Facebook in the Facebook group, on the Facebook page. You can uh, message us. You can go to Twitter. Um, I would say the simplest and easiest will be through Email fearofgodpodcast at gmail.com, but through any means you want to, nominate up to 10 films. You do not have to rank them. Nominate up to 10 films from the 80s. That means it had to have been released from 1980 to 1989. Nominate your 10 favorite 
uh, we're, we're, we're going with favorites. I know there's a lot of debates when we do these kind of things about like, is it favorite? Is it best? We are going for your favorites. So your, your 10 favorite hashtag I love the 80s movies, horror films from the 80s. So get those into us this week. You'll have to act kind of quickly um, because we have to truncate the time to get ready for October. So get those into us and we'll we'll let you know next week how that's all going to unfold. So yeah, I'm super excited that's, for hashtag I love the 80s. That's going to be fun. And, and unlike the 90s, I'm not... I'm curious to see where all this lands because I... Ooh, okay. You've, you've alerted me that I probably know more than I realize and so, you know, you that, may, that may bear out but it'll be interesting to see where this lands because <clears throat> I really can't... I don't know exactly what, what all is going to start cropping sure. up in this sure. uh, poll here. So, that yeah, I, I love the 80s. It's coming in October. So is Halloween. It is our time of year, Foggers. So, <laughs> you know, we are... Let's, let's buckle up and go on that journey together. So, Reed... Why don't you why don't you walk us into where we're at All right. today, okay? So two inarguably, two of the biggest, most iconic figures from horror films of the eighties are none other than Mr. Jason Voorhees and Mr. Freddy Krueger. So what we decided to do, we've not covered I, I'm I'm a bit remiss. We made it through a hundred episodes. I mean, Michael Myers showed up on episode ten, okay? But we made it through a hundred episodes of a podcast about horror and did not cover material featuring Freddy Krueger or Jason Voorhees until right now. And so we thought it only fitting, rather than try to play catch up with two films, to just use the one where they're both in it. Just go going bigger. at it. Yes. Yeah. We're just, yeah, just going to completely uh, decimate everything in its path. What we are talking about today is that beautiful, wonderful, amazing, <laughs> I'm going to say it, with no apologies, that masterpiece. There of, it is. Can't be horror learned, cinema. Yeah, you've learned to. Re you retired that phrase. You only use it when you need it, and uh, apparently <laughs> and you it. need it. <laughs> this needs it, brother. So we are talking about Freddy versus Jason right here on the Fear of God. It's Here's, I got. A, I right got a now. question for. I got a question for you, Reed. So, you know, one one of the bits. That did not make it into episode 101, which I get it. It would have been harder to find all of these nuggets because they were so well-timed little landmines that you, you just wandered onto. <laughs> but one thing that didn't make it to 101 into 101 was all of the, the Batman versus Superman, you know, Tom Fooler, Tom Foolery that took place in 2016 and 17. And, you know, I just got to wonder. It's like, you know, Freddy versus Jason. This came out in what? 02, 03, something like that. Um, yeah, I think it was 02. You know, do you think Zack Snyder was like sitting around watching Sucker Punch dailies and he was just like, you know, this movie sucks. And then he's like, <laughs> Freddy versus Jason, his, his movie. I mean, not Freddy versus Jason. Um, and he was like, Freddy versus Jason, FBJ, you know, like, like just, and then he was, then he just stumbled into it. And he was like, Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. That's like, that's like in the comics when the characters meet each other and they fight each other. Man, that'd be really awesome. Like Batman versus Superman. It's like, well, BV, uh, Freddy versus Jason. B Batman versus B BVS. BVS. Dawn of Justice. <laughs> like, do you think that happened? Like, I just have, the, I want that to be the <gasps> apocryphal version oh of how we got such a laborious and mush mouth title of a movie like Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. <laughs> What listeners don't see is how wide you articulated. <laughs> like when you were speaking that, your mouth probably yes, as big as your right. head. You were like, because, Batman versus Because it's like, it's like marbles in your mouth. It's like, who thought <laughs> a six-word title was a smart like, marketing move? Like yeah. little Martha marbles all in your mouth. Just like, Martha. 
yeah so anyway i don't know i just it was fun it was fun thinking about this movie in relationship to that movie and who knows which is better who knows which is worse but here we are brother we're ready oh and- i know which is better <laughs> there's no question in my mind which of those two movies sure, are better yeah but it, but what's funny about you bringing that up is because so i'm gonna quote our beloved benefactor mr tyler smith on this because he said uh, he said something that i think perfectly sums up uh this movie like sort of in total he said, uh, because Freddy versus Jason was the first time that this uh, type of thing had been done since the early days of the Universal Monster movies, where like the Universal Monsters used to do this all the con- all the time, where it was like Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, and they would you know constantly converge or, or merge these characters, even if it wasn't in the title. Uh, but that hadn't been done for like a very very long time. But Freddy versus Jason was kind of the first of its kind to just be like, hey, these are two titanic icons we're just going to throw them together in the same film that's just going to be them who would win between these two but it spawned you know alien versus the two alien versus predator movies came after this there was also a film that uh they did um uh i think it's i think you say it kayoko versus sadoko um i'm butchering that i know but it's basically the but but it's basically the grudge versus the ring they did that oh um and i've and i've seen that film and what tyler had said is is he had said Here's the deal with Freddy versus Jason. He said this this is a quote from Tyler Smith. He said this is the this is the best version of this kind of thing that we could possibly get. He said Orson Welles himself could not have made Freddy versus Jason better than the version of Freddy versus Jason that we actually have. He said this is this is kind of like the best And it is kind it of like you're a rosebud. So, you know. I don't understand that. I mean, I get the reference, but I don't know how it's my rosebud. It's like, like your, it's your thing. It's your magical totem that it's on my ma- that, on my yeah. deathbed. I'm a your mythical Freddy versus Jason is the mythical Orson Welles rosebud. <laughs> Cut this all out. <laughs> I, know, it was, it was, I thought you'd pick up the joke and you just you just let it. Well, I know that you let it fall like a, a, the like a turd, thing. like a number two. Like you wow. just, I just didn't, just, I just didn't get why it was significant to me. So I just, so I, mean, I understand. You know, you just throw. Sometimes you just throw this stuff against the wall and see if it sticks. Number two. I mean, like yeah. it's like that. Uh, no, you know. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um. But I, I know you were watching, so I, ha- I have a few like prep yeah. questions for you. Please. So, so, so question number one is because I actually don't know this. How much, if any, of either of these two franchises have you actually seen before? Um, I uh, I don't remember much about it, but I've seen the first Friday the Thirteenth. Okay. And I've seen the first Nightmare on Elm Street and then in high school did see New Nightmare, but I don't mm-hmm. I don't really remember New Nightmare. But that those that's it. Okay, that's all you've seen. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so so you didn't oh wow. So if if all of you've seen of the of the Friday the thirteenth, I did not see Jason one. in space. That did that passed me by. That was awesome. Jason X, that was awesome. What? That was fantastic. You- it, it's fantastic. No, it's this is it, what we call guilty pleasures. No, it's it is. It's so ridiculous. Listen, dude, I know. it is so ridiculous. A woman gets her face like freeze dried and then smashed. Like it is ridiculous. Sweet. It is I so watch ridiculous. That there is a like an android that's like it, no, it's it's awesome. Jason X is crazy stupid. There's one moment where they try to lure him away with this is in Jason X where right. they try to lure him away with like this simulation and it's just these two naked women standing there going like let's get drunk and have premarital sex. So he like goes after them. It is 
stupid inanity and it's awesome and i love it and it's ridiculous but wow all right i love i love this movie so much so (laughs) so, okay my next all right everybody well i am gonna sign off and just let reed have the rest of this episode i'll see you guys next week with number two number two part two part two believe me i could if you if listeners were remotely interested in me just talking for an hour it's quite clear that you could do it i could do it um so so my next question so you had not been exposed to very much about it so i kind of genuinely want to know and i I, you texted me a few things so i kind of i know at least a a tip of the hat a bit um to where you're going to land on this question but so my first thing is like thinking as objectively as you can about the concept of this movie what are your what are your thoughts like like I'm just about like how they mashed them up like what the whole root of it was and then I have one more question then we'll dive into our general format but like uh, yeah uh, yeah I mean I feel like you led the horse to water there but I'll drink um so <laughs> yes I I actually thought watching this and this is what I texted you that you know kind of kind of regardless of my mild ambivalence about the movie uh, it, it is conceptually sound I mean it, it really does. Yeah. In a way that you kind of going in cynically might not give it proper credit for. Like, right, right, right. You know, it really, it, it, it's silly and it's a bit dumb, but it makes sense. Like, okay, Freddy is banished from the kind of corporeal plane and uses Jason to drum up fear to make Freddy's access more, you know, direct. Uh, yeah. I mean, so I, I really thought, uh, conceptually it worked. Uh, yeah, what is there more to that? The, yeah, no, no, no. That was good. But the the third question that I have for you is, I just I just want to know what you thought of the movie, like just in general. Well, I'll, okay. I, I well, this is this is sort of in my um in my likes dislikes, but it it kind of functions in this regard too. Like, uh, let's let's you know rewind a couple of weeks and pull out <laughs> ye old ye old uh, fear of God favorite Final Destination and set these two movies against each other. And I want okay. to say okay. to you, Reed Lackey. If Jason versus Freddy is camp and holy crap, it is camp. Final <laughs> Destination is still just a garbage movie. It is not camp. Final <laughs> Destination, like there is no argument to be. And I've thought about this since Final Destination. I'm like, it is not camp. And then I watch Freddy versus Jason. And I'm like, this is camp. Specifically, uh, Camp Crystal Lake. It is camp if camp ever existed in film. This is it. <laughs> yes, Camp Crystal Lake, you dummy. Um, <laughs> and, and I was like, Final Destination is just people sitting around me like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we named our characters after horror icons? Oh, yeah, that's cool. Let's put it in a movie. You know, like it is, it's not camp. It's just a terrible movie. Um, so yes, I, I, I think for, <laughs> clearly I, I, I'm ashamed at how strong my feelings are about Final Destination. I was going to say, I was like, I didn't absolutely know you do not merit the strength of feeling I'm exhibiting. You right and now. I have had, you and I have had an easy, like dozen conversations since our final destination you were clearly sitting on all of this like well, it, rah, rah, rah. no it wasn't until i watched Final, freddy versus jay fvj okay we're just gonna call it FBJ. fbj you know it wasn't until i watched lbj that i was like no <laughs> <laughs> uh it wasn't until i watched this that i was like uh no final destination is not camp it is just crap um wow, so yeah i mean i hysterical. think 
as you clearly are able, my friend, if, if like you can <laughs> plug in to the wavelength that Freddy versus Jason puts down, you are in for a treat. Um, it is high camp. It is funny. Like I didn't know the content of it and, and well, I can, I'll say this. So, um, my wife, who's usually relatively out of the room for some of these movies, I was watching this in our room and on my headphones, but. I got like 10 minutes in and she's in the room and she's trying to read on her Kindle. And I'm like, I really have no idea what is going to be in this movie. (laughs) So I just turned it off. She was like, what are you? I mean, you can watch it if you want to. I was like, nah, that's okay. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. Is there going to be, are there going to be a ton of naked people? Are there, is there going to be a a couple of, well, right. I just, I know that, but I didn't know it before watching it. And so I was like, ah, Of course, it would be the one movie my wife sits in on that she's like, oh, this is why you should have never done that thing. You should have gone into real ministry. You know, like your mom. Oh, right? you know? my <laughs> gosh. Wow. Wow. And no idea like, she was so judgmental. No, she she really isn't. But uh, but in my head, I was like, of course, the one she sits in on. Right. Is, it's not going to be. Artistic. Right. It's nothing it's high minded right. whatsoever. Well, here's um, one thing. So, yeah. Okay. Gosh, th- like I'm trying to bridle and structure all of my sort of thoughts about this because clearly I'm like th- this. This is a genuine master favorite. <laughs> it's a favorite movie of mine, and and I know objectively speaking that like yeah, there it's there are several things to ding against it objectively, but just like I just enjoy the heck out of this movie. So one of the so so let me let me back up. Let's let's camp out on a couple of fun trivioids that I that I think are trivioids. Good. Man, yeah. we are in a whole new era. <laughs> uh, and now I'm we gonna... are we Jason X is in space and we will now <laughs> chart the trivioids. <laughs> I love it. That was on the fly and I don't know where that came from. But so um this the, the the film itself actually they tried back in the eighties hashtag I love the eighties is coming up everybody but they tried in the eighties to actually have this mashup but they were owned by two different properties and so so New Line Cinema when when we eventually do cover one of the Friday Thirteenth movies or one of the Nightmare on Elm Street films I'm sure we'll go into this a little bit more but like New Line Cinema the cinema the the production studio ladies and gentlemen they gave us like the Lord of the Rings trilogy and everything is to this day colloquially known as the house that Freddie built because Nightmare on Elm Street was one of the major sort of initial properties that they took a huge chance on. So um, they were they were over here and then Paramount owned all of the Friday the 13th stuff. So they can never get like the shared profit agreement thing. But then um, when the time came for the film Jason Goes to Hell, um, which was supposed to be like the final entry in the Friday the 13th uh, thing, there is a small moment at the very end of that film because it was released after uh, the film called Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. And at the end of Jason Goes to Hell, uh, Jason's mask is sort of sitting on the ground and Freddy's glove in in the Jason movie, Freddy's glove rises up and pulls his mask down and from from that like you like picture this it it wasn't immediately after because there was an easy like 10 years i think to try to get it but it was for horror fans and specifically for horror fans of this franchise it was in the neighborhood if not directly kind of that feeling you get when you see nick fury at the end of iron man where it's like holy crap like they're actually going to go through with this. They're going to put these two into a film together. And when are we going to get that now? Unfortunately, 
the, this had to go through like 25 different script versions and it was in develop what they call development hell for like forever. And and so it took them a really, really long time to finally get their act together to actually put this film on screen. And even when they did, there was some small controversy kind of surrounding it. But that was the sort of the origin point of it. They, had, again, tried since the 80s. Um, and there was going to be just, you know, most listeners who know the lore around this probably already know this. There was going to be a sequel that would pit Freddie and Jason up in a rematch, but would also throw into the mix Bruce Campbell as Ash from the Evil Dead series. It was going to be Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Uh, that never materialized for a number of other reasons, just rights and, and all that other sort of stuff. But, um, but yeah, this film, uh, the, there, it's so bizarre to me because this film, they've like, for instance, Kelly Rollins, uh, or Roland, I forget how you say her last name. Um, so people try to make her feel bad about being in this movie. They like tease her about it, like, "Oh, you went from you went from this burgeoning mu- music career to doing Freddy vs. Jason," and she always says the same thing. And this is true. This is how I feel about it too. She was like, "Listen, that movie was a hit, and fans love it. I have nothing to be ashamed about. <laughs> like, fans of those franchises really enjoy it, and it was number one at the box office three weekends in a row." But I mean, she still wouldn't mind being Beyonce. <laughs> that was such a perfect response to that. that was such a perfect response to that. I wouldn't mind. I know, being I know, Beyonce. I know. I mean, it was a good so movie good. and the fans love it. I wouldn't mind being Beyonce though. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> hashtag hashtag I'll be Beyonce. Right, right. Um but uh but I have one more just like like the personal trivioid. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's a personal trivioid. Um, and then I want to pivot and then, uh, (laughs) and then I'll pivot to you for, you know, sort of likes, dislikes as it were. So for me, when I, when I first saw this movie and this is a little peek behind the curtain, uh, listeners about like, uh, Nathan and my personal history. So we moved out to California together and this film, uh, about that same, you know, about the time frame we talked about on the ring, how like we saw the ring together while we were out here and all this good stuff. <laughs> Seven days. Uh, shut up. <laughs> so then like, so then, um, like you had moved back home for a number of reasons. You were starting a family. There was a lot of things going on. So you had moved back home back East and this film was kind of on the horizon. It was like months away. Simultaneous to that, there were a ton of stresses going on at my job. I had, I was working at this retail store. Uh, we had just received a new manager and she was very over the top. And so there was a lot of things going on. And when this movie was coming out, I was so flooded with frustration and I was so excited about getting to see Freddy vs. Jason. I walked around and I told people dozens of times, if I said it once, I said, here's what I want. I want a few laughs. I want a few jump scares. I want a very high body count, and I want at least a half-hour fight between the two of them. As long as this movie gives me that, then I am going to be very happy with this movie. And this movie, lockstep, gave me every single thing that I asked for. It was like the perfect movie at the perfect time in my life. It was amazing, and I love it. And I'll have more to say about that. But what did, what did you like about it? What did you like about it? I'm sitting this one out, y'all. Um, <laughs> Uh, before likes dislikes, I did want to throw my own little trivioid I discovered here and Brent Wisterink, get your, um, uh, uh, FOG bingo card out. Cause did you know, Reed, that Evangeline Lilly has a brief walk-on role as a high school student in this movie? So not only did I know that I was queued up in my notes to make sure that you had caught because <laughs> I took a photo of it just in case you had not seen it. Oh, I didn't because see it. If you, 
I just saw the. Oh, you didn't see no, it? I didn't oh, yeah, see yeah. I was reading about it after the fact, and I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to go rewatch it. But I'm glad so, you, took, well, so you here, got photo proof. <laughs> yeah. So so here's where, like, I love you very much. I'm just saying this because, like, I'm, I'm proud of myself. So I didn't read that when I caught it. I saw it. Like, so it was one of those moments where I was like, that rarely happens. Like, most of the time you're watching a movie, you genuinely don't pay a lot of attention to the extras. Like, right, you, right, you know, right. They, they set up the cameras. Background artists view. read. The background artist, the featured background artists. So basically, <laughs> featured is actually a different pay scale. So no, background artist is actually record. But regardless, please oh, carry true. on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> featured. Yeah, featured. They they usually get a line. But um, so basically, oh um, but but I was watching this movie and I, I I actually noticed her. I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that she was in this movie. And so then you know went and did the research and everything. But yeah, she's very prominent. Like really, if I, I will send you the pictures yeah. after this. She is. Very prominent. She's on for only about like three or four seconds, but very visible in the frame. Kind of like, like clearly, kind of like a me, me and Shallow Hal, basically. You're, yeah, I think you have more screen time in Shallow Hal than she does in Freddy vs. Jason. But uh, listeners were just like, "Wait, what? Like what?" They said, "Yes, what? he's in the trailer." Everybody, and yeah, just, just go watch it. Um, so, but yeah, that's I did. back when I went by Jason Alexander. But did you get? <laughs> but did you get the? Uh, but did you know the other Lost reference? So I don't know how much research you've uh, no, done. Do you uh, know the other? Okay, so not only is Kate Austin, you know, did she attend the same high school as all these people, but the role that is played by Jason Ritter, Will, uh-huh. almost it came inches from being awarded to Ian Summerholder. And really? The, and yes, and the director said that he thought Ian Summerholder was too good looking. I was about to say, it, was too he pretty. too pretty? That's what I yeah, was going to ask. Yeah, and so he was, uh, so he was like, yeah, it just it came that close to being awarded to him. But Poor then, old like, Ian yeah. Summerholder, man. I know, he's, can't catch a break for all his attractiveness, he's all too, his attractiveness he's and money. Too I feel bad for him. Freddie versus Jason. Then in Lost season one, he buys him this fat daddy mansion in Hawaii, and then gets offed. Spoiler alert! Um, you know, oh, yeah, at the end that. of season one. Yeah, poor guy. So he did. <laughs> he did have that other show or whatever it was. Yay, Lost Vampire Diaries. But yes, there you go. Um, wow. So. <laughs> So yeah, the but yeah, I was I was hoping, and I'm very proud of you. Slow clap to to Mr. Nathan Rouse that you caught Kate Austin at the high school. Um, well, well, you didn't catch again, her. You read about so it afterwards. Really so, slow yeah. clap, like one of them. Yeah, like I'll give you a pop for being for being excited about it. Not for I'll give you one catching. of these. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that feels like. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> no, I'm, that was that was amazing. Um, so <laughs> likes dislikes. All right, and your yours probably is like a novel length, but um, oh yeah, I got five pages here. Oh, we'll we'll get through it. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm I've just got kidding, like four of them. Um, I w- okay. I'll start with a dislike because the rest of them are pretty just fun. So my limited exposure to the Freddy Krueger character. When I saw Friday the 13th would have been years ago and I would not have been as sort of keen to this as, as I am now. And, and again, like, you know, you watch a movie like this and you're like, okay, well, how seriously do I take this or not or whatever? But like, I, I was, I was unprepared for just how like misogynistic the character is. And, you know, even Freddie. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah, yeah. E- even knowing like, okay, the roots of the character and the pedophilia and all that sort of stuff, which is terrible and awful and, and, no good and very bad but i just for what could be just pure fun those moments stuck out to me as like oh, oh i feel icky with feel character. a little slimy yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah 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 um anyway so that was just uh, off the top there but these are really 
dialed in sort of moments that I wrote down as likes. I love like, Oh boy. <laughs> I was about to make an off. You can just, you just stop. I was about that. to make a comment here, but uh, I'll save that one. I love the after sex candle handoff. As as though it is just their so weird random. routine. It is random. It's ex- it's definitely random. Like when <laughs> dur- when that happened, I was like, wow, they they must have candles out for sex time all the time because the amount of non speaking that just happened of her just to like look up and him be like, here, here's the candle. Like it was just this really funny moment to me. Wow, I know it's very specific, but it was really funny to me that that happened. Um. The uh, my next on my likes list, and then I'll let you do a few is a line and, you know, feel free to bleep me here. But um, one of my favorite lines in this movie is just my best friend was just killed, dad. So how about giving me some space? <laughs> I, just, I just love this dude just lashes out at his dad and he's like, it's just killed. That's the moment I was like, OK, this the, the, this movie is total and complete camp top to bottom. Oh, absolutely. Yes. This dude yes. just like railing at his father and coming him <laughs> out <laughs> it was just really funny to me did you have any more i do but Please? you've probably got like a plethora of pinatas and i want you to be able to talk some so that okay so i'll okay so i'll uh oh i'll, I'll talk i know um, that so- I, at the minute i said talk some i was like oh that, i don't know i don't have to felt. i don't have to give you that permission <laughs> ever but much less today the um so I do love sincerely, and this is part of why I think the movie is so successful and why I think it is far superior. And yes, I said far superior to films like it, like the Alien versus Predator franchise and like that Grudge versus Ring film is because there is a really strong balance and blend between the focal points of the two titans in the film. Like they both get a lot of not only just screen time, but like you, you spent, you see in in the same way, see, I keep going back to this because, uh, and and I actually didn't expect to do this, but like, you remember how we would make comments about the first Avengers movie, and it's like, oh yeah, all the little pair ups or mashup moments that you kind of want to see, a lot of them are there, you know, like sure. oh you want to see Thor fight Hulk, and you want to see this sort of pair right, off right, and right. stuff like that. Well, in that same vein, you know, like yeah, you want to see Jason's shadow falling on Elm Street. You want to see Freddy rising up out of Camp Crystal Lake. You know, it's like those are the things that you want to see and it's all in here. You you spend time in Freddy's nightmare world, especially that that boiler room that was so iconic in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. So, you spend time in there. You spend time at Camp Crystal Lake. They have this really good blend between the two. The one glaring exception to that, um, and this is not a ding, it's just I found it an interesting observation, is that through the entire course of the movie, Freddie only actually claims one victim, um, and that's the the friend, Will's friend. Um, that's the only person through the run of this film that Freddie actually claims. All of the other ones are technically killed by Jason. <laughs> so sure. I just thought that was interesting. Like they're like Jason has this. Well, let me ask there's you a massive quick. body count. I, I'm sort of hesitant to ask this, and so I'm going to encourage some boundaries here, time wise, because I know the thematic richness of this movie. You're probably going to have a lot to say there. <laughs> um, <laughs> what listeners don't know is Reed just took a sip of drink right before I said that. He's really having to work That's to not, not spit funny. it out. That's awesome. Oh, um, I, I guess a question that, that maybe is, is pretty self-evident, but like tonally this, as we've clearly established, this is very camp campy, but the lineage of these films did not originate in that tone. Right. I mean, it, neither the, one, neither right, one at all. Right, right. Yeah. Right. I right, mean, right. Are, are there, 
are there clear lines and there again i know i'm asking what could be a two-hour question here but are there I'll clear, keep it brief. are there clear turns in the franchises where a pivot starts to happen or or jarringly happens from more kind of quote unquote scary to campy um I would not necessarily call it jarring. Um, I would say that for the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, the turn starts to happen about about part four, um, where, well, really its origins go to part three, but part three is awesome. Part uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is, is one of my favorites in the entire franchise. It rivals the first one in terms of just pure enjoyment for me. But in the third film, Freddy does make a lot more wisecracks um, and he starts getting sort of like jokey with his victims. Um, that was new to that film. And then they just sort of upped the ante as that continued to the degree that like Freddy's dead. The final nightmare is is I mean, there's there's a portion of which Freddy jumps into a video game and you have to wear 3D glasses and like it's, All right. it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's super ridiculous. But new nightmare uh, the, is pretty straightforward, yeah. right? Because Craven was very frustrated and very vocally frustrated that the franchise had taken that turn. And so when he stepped back and had nothing to do with any of the sequels. And so when he stepped back in to do night to do new nightmare, he tried very intentionally to bring it back to that a tone of the original one where it was like, no, Freddy's not this jokester. He's a malevolent, you know, entity. And, and so we need to return to that. And in ways that, you know, when we hopefully eventually do a new nightmare episode, we can get into at that point. Um, new nightmare is very meta and it, and it's sort of a self commentary, not only on that franchise, but how people received that franchise and all of those other kinds of things. Um, now the Friday, the 13th movies. Yeah. The first, the first three to five, feel very earnest particularly the first one but they they feel very sincere for me specifically and again i love this one this is arguably my favorite in the franchise um part six jason lives is where it does get like overtly very campy not that there was no camp before sure. then because there's you know camp crystal lake's been in all of them but I, you know what i mean okay. that it's like they <laughs> they get they get uh steadily you know more and more outrageous to the right, degree right. that like by the time you get to jason x it's just they've leaned heavy and hard into it and and again contextualizing some of this for your co-host here um were you surprised in the monster mash the fear of god monster mash tm um <laughs> that's Jason progressed as far as he did and Freddie did not. What did that? I'm not at all. I'm not at all surprised. Oh, really? In fact, I, ex- I, in fact, I expected it. So something that may, no, it's not really a moment of, of theme. So I can, I can express it here. I thought a lot about this specific element of it. Jason, uh, is unique to several other of his peer slashers in that he is arguably a genuinely sympathetic monster. Sure. He is he is in the vein of the, your Carrie Whites and your Frankenstein monster in that, yes, he slaughters a massive amount of people, but his origin story is rooted in like, you know, this generally benign child who had physical deformity and so therefore was oppressed, you know, for most of his childhood and then through outright criminal neglect is it, it drowns while on the watch of these of these campers and so his story is very sympathetic his you know they allude to elements sure. of it yeah, in yeah. freddy versus jason but but his authentic lore is genuinely quite sympathetic and so um so he takes on the and i think 
for my take on it, and I would love to hear listeners' thoughts on it too, I think part of why Jason resonates so much more um, as like this sort of slasher icon is because he becomes and sort of embodies this vengeful spirit um, as opposed to, as you've already pointed out, Freddy is very sadistic, very misogynistic, very cruel. He spent his life as a a pedophile right, killer right, right. and then and then haunts their dreams like he is right monstrous he is and in some ways there are parallels to again going back to universal there are parallels to like the dracula versus the frankenstein's monster sure. where it's like both are monsters but dracula is like this intentionally malevolent predatory um evil whereas frankenstein's monster just sort of didn't ask for any of right, this but right, is now right. but has now no, got it and that. so and so and so yeah it honestly didn't surprise me that jay and um and and in the monster mash like he trounced all of his competition the only the only competitor that gave him like a tight race was michael myers which also doesn't surprise me but jason like absolutely uh won was was the clear champion of the slashers and again i i find that to be because i think there is quite a bit of sympathy to his lore and to his personhood even though ironically he kills massive amounts of people sure. <laughs> but yeah um, I've got two other on my likes list. Uh, how many do you have and do you want to s- intersperse or um, what do you want to do? No, no, you go ahead and finish yours because I may, you know, more may pop up. I don't ha- I don't necessarily have any other specifics that I needed to name. Um, I did. I wrote down the line that goalie was pissed about something. I just loved the potheads, and, <laughs> you know, sort of response after the rave massacre. Yes. Um, I, reading the Facebook group, it looks like this is an homage. I would not have known that, but I really despite its largely campy nature during the final fight, the, the shot of Freddie leaping out of the water against the red backdrop was pretty, that was, that was pretty badass, you know, like, it's, it's such a great shot. Yeah. So that, and I go ahead. No, I was going to say is like that. That's kind of wraps up my likes, dislikes list is just, I was really impressed. I was like, okay, you know, I, I, that's, that's cool. Well, and I will make a comment on that, that like, I mean, not every single frame, but there are dozens of individual shots in this that are really well crafted and well framed. It is an alarmingly like. And so when I say this, I'm not putting it in the same camp of like a Roger Deakins or these, you know, great titans of cinema or anything. But in terms of just. Yeah, let's, a, let's not get crazy. Like, no, no, no. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> I know, dare, but, but the but like the in terms of just a genuinely objectively well-crafted image. Again, I said like, you know, Jason's shadow falling on Elm street. Like that's a great shot. That's a really, you know, it's a wonderful shot. There's some other shots in the film just of, you know, your particular monster of note really just, you know, standing in a rather iconic pose. And, uh, and I just, I love a lot of how it's framed and a lot of how it's shot that I think is, is really rooted in an understanding of what fans of this franchise were going to be after or what they were going to want to see from it. I have, uh, I said I didn't write any down, but three sort of came to me and I'm, I'm going to ding it a little bit. One, it's not really a dislike for me because of the campy nature of the film, but there is exactly, and, and I like some of these actors. I actually have seen some other work that they've done and, and appreciate some of them but there is exactly one exactly one objectively good performance in this film actually one and a half 
I was I was gonna say just Robert England. Robert England is like he's he's fantastic in this film, but he's also had the luxury of playing sure, Freddy like sure. seven times before. So he he was able to sort of like fit into that role. The other one that I'll give just some sort of quasi legitimacy props to is uh, the actor and gosh his name his character name escapes me right now. The actor's name is Christopher Marquette. He's the one who is a uh, kind of a nerdy guy. He joins along with them, and then he's the one that has kind of the saddest death yeah, of them, yeah, if yeah. you will like yeah, yeah, yeah. um where he's like he, he just sort of gets hurt um again a little personal trivioid i used to date his cousin about the time this what? movie came out Shut yeah up. about the time uh, no about the time this movie came out like there was a couple of times that we hung out he's a really nice guy it's so it's so funny he's the only person from this film that I've actually i love met, that you're like th- that actor i can't remember his name i dated his cousin he's a nice guy i don't know his name though no 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 christopher marquette is the actor's oh, name okay. i don't know the character's oh, name no, right, Christ- right, yeah. No, yeah 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 so um but i don't got, remember his character i'm like name. dory just ignore everything i say <laughs> but um but no like i think he I think he brings for what small role he has I think he brings some legitimacy to it but my overall comment is that even from some actors that I know are talented like these are bad performances these are really ridiculous bad performances even from like Jason Ritter who I adore and um, Catherine Isabel who I think does some great work in some of her other you know independent horror flicks but um, yeah the acting in this pretty unilaterally uh, terrible but I don't know even where to begin with the bong offering freddy slugworm yeah yeah i I don't even know where to begin with that that was pretty wild (laughs) that entire thing i just have no idea like i don't know if i like it i don't know if i'm grossed out by it i don't know how i feel about it i wonder if you know you and i were in one of our more toked out modes you know like um, (laughs) you know like in the purge you know just just smoking a bowl uh, <laughs> you know, and watching Freddy versus the Jason. real criminals of the right, purge. right, right, the real <laughs> monsters of the purge. Uh, I, I wonder if we would have enjoyed that aspect <laughs> a little more. I, I, who knows? Who, who can know. who can know. say? Who can say? Uh, exactly. But it um, is weird as hell. Yes. Oh my gosh! It is such a such a strange, bizarre moment. So so yeah, but I mean, like obviously, overall, this film you know delivers on a lot of the things that I that that I really enjoy about these characters and this uh, this franchise overall. So uh, so yeah, I mean, like I, I I'm almost reluctant to ask this question because I think both of our lists are probably going to be blank. But do do you have any scares? Um, I, I I've got some things written down. Oh, yeah. awesome! I awesome. mean, All like, right. well, hit me with. I it. mean, some of them is more just kind of jump moments, but I'll say things like. The missing kids photo and the dreamscape turning to her. Oh like, yes, that's that, yes. that was pretty creepy. That was effective. That um, whole dream sequence is pretty well, pretty well executed. I mean, it's silly and stupid and campy, but I just didn't know it was going to happen. So Dad's severed head made me jump. Like I just, I was like, Oh, oh yes. God, yeah, 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 oh, that's yeah, disgusting. yeah. Of course, um, <laughs> yeah, that's awful. And then also not knowing the backstory of Jason, the creepy baby Jason, that was pretty creepy. That was gross. Mm, was mm. Oh yes, disturbing. Yeah. So. That's about it. That's really, that's all I got. <laughs> I don't have any, yeah, I don't have any, there are a couple of like quality jump scares in this, but there's not like, it's not a scary film. It's not, it's not even really trying to be, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I feel like this is what I was going to say. And I said this on the Facebook group. I'm going to say it right here. I'm going to go on record. That final half hour mashup between Freddie and Jason is, is uh, Freddie and Jason is just gory, gory. Hallelujah. Like that is, that is one of the 
some of the grossest, sickest, most disgusting. Like they're just bathing in blood and violence. Like it is, it is almost to a degree where it's like this is so over the top. I can't even process what I'm what I'm watching. It is so so gross and disgusting. But it is, yeah. I mean, you almost have to slow clap like their sheer commitment to how much blood they're going to drench these two people in, which I think is appropriate. I mean. You know, it got you both in print and in verbal to say the phrase gory, gory, hallelujah with no irony whatsoever. <laughs> so they're either doing something really right or something terribly wrong. So, you know, I have to I, ha- I can't take credit for that. I first heard that on Ash versus Evil Dead. But there it is. Uh, uh, um, but um, oh, I, I, one more thing before we get to this. I meant to mention this in my likes. Love, 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 love this. This will come up again in themes. Love, 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 love that. When so we talked already about how there's a good balance between the the villains, the monsters, as it were. But Jason is sitting there. He's he's just after the kids or whatever. He's just sort of a killing machine. So he's just killing, killing, killing. But then the moment when she rips Freddy out into the real world, that's pretty cool. And, yeah. and Freddy realizes what's happened. Like uh, for me, it's it's a real credit to Robert England's ability to perform because he's under a ton of makeup. So all of that expressiveness that you see, like that's really that's really high quality for him. So he's his expressiveness of like, oh crap, like what did I just step into? And then you know, sort of the the prelude to the the final battle that they step into. I genuinely love 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 that moment. I think that moment is so fantastic. So I just couldn't get too too much further down the road without mentioning it. Yeah, you did. You know, (laughs) Um, well, okay. so in what I'm about to express, listeners are either going to be impressed or they're going to roll their eyes for like the next 20 minutes. I'm ready. Um, I'm ready to (laughs) maybe both of those things. But uh, I've seen this film a number of times now. I've probably seen it about a dozen or more times now because there was a season where I would just have it on in the background, just like it would just be the thing you watched when you didn't have anything else to watch. But uh, there's a legitimate, I think. In a serious way, this is campy. This is a campy film with campy intentions, but in a very serious sort of framework, not grave, but authentic, there's a a conversation to be had about when a person... Well, let me set up the premise. We've, I think, alluded to it, but I don't think we've ever actually said it. And if we have listeners who have not seen this film and because of its campy nature or because of its gore, just have no interest in seeing it. So the premise behind this is that Freddy, who had terrorized Elm Street and the the inhabitants of Springwood for all of these years, he has been forgotten. And because he has been forgotten, he has lost his power. He has no power. He even says in the opening sort of prologue of the film, he said, I can't come back if nobody remembers me. I can't come back if they're not afraid. And so he says in the beginning, he says, but I found someone. I found someone who will make them remember. And so he unleashes Jason to basically cause people to be afraid again and gain some power, and then he can come back and do his thing. Then he can do what he wants to do. And in the film, about the halfway mark, somewhere about the halfway mark, it takes a turn, and what sets up the versus element of Freddy versus Jason is that Freddy released Jason, but then Jason just wouldn't stop killing. So Freddy's basically like, no, this victim was mine. Like you keep, as I mentioned earlier, Freddy only kills one person in the film. Everybody else is killed by Jason. And so Freddy can't claim his victims. And so he's got to make Jason stop. And that's what sets up the final battle. And spoiler alert for people who haven't seen it and don't care to. 
Jason ultimately wins. So Freddy is ultimately, you know, I put in quote air quotes destroyed because um, he even, you know, he even winks at the camera at the very, very end with his severed head. But Jason is, you know, sort of the definitive winner of this little mashup. And I think there's some authentic consideration worth having about those who would, for the sake of power or control or influence or or their own personal pleasure or whatever, utilize fear tactics, sort of unleash a, a, a scare monster, as it were, um, sort of implement, let's make them afraid. Let's make them afraid. Now, Freddy's purposes are so that he can gain power and control and authority, but for whatever the purposes or the ends are, let's make them afraid so they'll be submissive. Let's make them afraid so they'll do what we ask them to do. Let's make them afraid so they'll pass the law. Let's make them afraid so they'll sit down and shut up. Let's make them afraid, make them afraid, make them afraid. And then in this film, the source of what he was, what he thought he can control and what he thought he could manipulate is unleashed. And then it gets away from him. And eventually when it gets away from him to such a degree that it ultimately becomes his own individual undoing. And for a movie as absurdly and ridiculously campy as Freddy versus Jason is, I find that very interesting. Hmm. I find the fact that that's like the root of right, the, the right. narrative, that that's very interesting. This sort of baseline, hey, I released it so to benefit me, and then it got away from me. It got out of hand. And you see all kinds of things. Uh, for me, personally, I can see tons of parallels to this idea of like, okay, well, we need to be cautious of that um, okay, so let me get it away from people for a second. I'm not going to give my opinion or criticize anybody for their opinions with this, but a dynamic happens of like, okay, be afraid of medication and vaccines. Be afraid of that because it's going to cause all of these other things. And it starts this sort of uh, wage war about like, okay, be afraid because big pharma's introducing all of these things inside your vaccination. And then pretty soon there's this real conversation that begins to rise up about like, well, hey, now so many people are, are not getting vaccinated. Is that going to cause right. these, these you know, sort of debunked and, and, and dead diseases to suddenly arise again? Are they going to come back? Um, again, I'm not making, yes. you know, I'm not tr trigger warner, <laughs> uh, not wanting any major trigger warnings or whatever. But then it's like, well, OK, we need to be afraid of the terrorists. We need to be afraid of this condition. We need to be afraid of the Democrats. We need to be afraid of the Republicans. We need to be afraid, be afraid. And it's like then you foster so much fear that pretty soon the monster gets away from you. And then the monster, when it when it turns its head and turns against you, you realize to your peril that you can't control it, that you can't manipulate it, that fear just gets away from you. I just find it interesting. I just find it fascinating. Well, to piggyback on that, and actually what I think the real world does more scarily than the Freddy versus Jason world is, what I think tends to happen more often than not, and the analogy, the parallel you're trying to draw, is that unleashing that sort of terror, that sort of fear factor into the wild and it starts to rampage, then the source point has to, because we as humans are so terrible at owning our error, mm -hmm. um, then what happens is that source point that released said fear factor starts to steal itself even more to support 
the work that the sphere factor is doing in the world. Ah, uh, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yes. It's, yeah, it, of course. Yeah. Like it starts in, in a world, in a way that you're like, no, really, this is terrible. Like any sane, rational person would think this is terrible. And yet the source point, and I know people are like, you're talking about Donald Trump. I'm really not. Like, I'm just thinking about sort of analogies in the world of like, you know, whether it's a personal relationship or whatever, now you have to fortify the lie as it were to, to keep your own sort of, to save face, really. Right. Like yeah, you, un- yeah. you, un- oh, absolutely. you yeah. unleash this sort of lie out into the wild to sort of, you know, either for cruelty or for just amusement, cruel amusement. Well, then it backfires on you. And now you have to sort of keep. And now yeah, and, yeah, and I, can, I can definitely see that. The the parallel that I have is a an episode of television that I am not convinced exists. I'll tell this story in just a second. But the there is this notion of like, I don't want to say self-fulfilling prophecy, but once the like in, in your observation that the monster sort of is unleashed and now is is rampaging and is out of control and then it retroactively justifies the fear that you fabricated sure. it yeah, retro yeah, yeah. it retroact so it's like yeah see we have reason it's it okay i don't know enough details about the story to speak concretely about it oh but that that poor um teenager right, i believe right, right, she yeah. was who yeah. who who was killed yep. and and then uh, again, I don't know enough details to speak concretely about it, but from what I understand, she was killed by an undocumented immigrant. And so what that then – and, and I remember when that that piece of information came to light, and again, I should have done more research if I was going to reference it. But when that piece of information came to light, I remember one of the first thoughts that I had was this is now going to be ammunition right. for each and every individual who is uh, scared of any – body who fits that description whether or not they're scared for it. a scared <laughs> i did not mean to but anybody who's afraid right. of i think that's what it was is afraid uh, and scared yes. but but anybody who's afraid of of that sort of thing is now going to have at least one that they can point to right. and say like right. well what about this well what about this and and it does it, it, it's it's like if you make someone scared enough of it i vaguely and probably made listeners scratch their head when i reference this uh i'm gonna keep it very brief but can i tell you a weird story that i don't think i've ever told you um sure yeah i'm gonna tell, I mean, I'll tell it right now for. so i have a memory a very distinct memory of watching an episode of what i thought was alfred hitchcock presents and in this episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, there's a girl who is trying to get, boost her popularity in her school, in her high school. She's a bit, you know, she she's wears glasses and she's kind of a nerd and, and she's a bit frumpy. And so she's not popular and she's trying to boost her popularity. So what she does is she actually kills the um, like, you know, you're head cheerleader your you know sort of most popular girl she kills her and claims to the rest of the school that they were both attacked by a man in a ski mask and white gloves so she claims that they were both attacked by it this poor you know popular girl was killed and that she survived it works 
her popularity is gained. She begins to become, you know, very prominent in the in the school and a lot of sympathy and she gains friends and, um, you know, and all of these sort of things happen. And at the end of this sort of half hour episode, she's um, staring down into this body of water like this lake and she's looking down. And as she's looking down, suddenly into the frame, this figure in a black ski mask and white gloves emerges and she sees it in the reflection. And so suddenly she becomes the victim right, right. of this, you know, black ski masked killer, you know, and then that's that's how the episode ends. Nathan Rouse <laughs> for I feel like maybe I'm in trouble. No, for maybe 20 years of my life. I have combed this vast, beautiful landscape that is the Internet. And I would I will beg listeners. I will beg and plead with listeners. If what I just told you rings any bell to you at all, please let me know what it is or where it comes from. Because, Nathan, I can't find it. I remember watching the episode. I can still visually and vividly remember that episode of television, but I can't find it anywhere. I, I've, I've combed you know all that the episodes. You know that reminds me of? What? That episode of X-Files where uh from this past season where remember the one i'm talking about <laughs> yes, the, yes where they can where it's like they just erased it yeah, you know, like, yeah, oh, yeah all these things you think you remember they just erased it well maybe that's what happened to me maybe the truth is out there but um but i i'm, I'm being sincere and then i'll loop it back in it's like the Jason. sinbad movie kazam yes maybe i stepped into like some sort of you know the uh there's a name the, for this uh, dad gummit the, Mand- the mandela effect yeah, yeah. or Man- the mandela the effect, effect. No, the Mandela effect. So, but, uh, but sincerely listeners, if that plot line rings a bell to you, please let me know where I, where I might've seen it because I think I must've dreamed the whole thing. But in this notion, so, quick to the hop- typewriter, <laughs> but hopping off of that, there is this notion of like, yeah, we, when we fabricate monsters, we can, we can possibly tend to, give life to monsters sure. we can we can and 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 that being my not trying to be glib or or cynical or dismissive point is that yes you start verbalizing monsters and you're going to give them life you're going to give them power in the same way that freddie was going to use jason to bolster his own power by getting people to start talking about freddie again you know that it is this is like multi-layer thing freddie was going to try to get people thinking about him again so that he could gain power. And then the force he used to do that, you know, eventually became his own undoing. And I feel like, uh, again, this this whole episode can be campy and we don't have to get super vulnerable or emotional or serious here right now. I don't think that's kind of in the cards for this episode. But honestly, I'm ready to go there. Let's 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 do do it. it. I'm going to cry. No, um, (laughs) that like. I do think that we that we must be cautious about our fear mongering. Let me just leave it at that. We must be cautious about our fear mongering that when we speak and when we give life and and foster terror in the world, that we must be cautious about how we're giving that power, if nowhere else, in our own hearts and minds, how we're giving that sort of thing maybe completely illegitimate power, maybe power that is not warranted or earned and that it would not otherwise have. But when we fear monger, that's exactly what happens. The more people you hear say, be afraid of that race of people or be afraid of that religion or be afraid of that political ideology, the more people you hear say, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid, you give power to that. And pretty soon that power that you've given to this other thing 
is going to get away from you and might ultimately the thing that would have otherwise been maybe an opportunity for cooperation or reconciliation or neighborliness, it's going to get away from you. It's going to slip right through your fingers because of how much you've fostered the fear of it. And I mean, that's basically my point. I think I've said my piece about it, but the, do you have any thoughts, any, any sort of response to that? Or is that, um, no, I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of validity to what you're saying in the sense that like, and I may be trying to, we, we may be, we are maybe in an ankle deep stream and I'm starting to walk towards a raging river. And so I don't want to totally do that. But, you know, I think a lot about in this context, you know, the notion of like gun ownership, just personally mm-hmm. and, and, and sincerely not interested in that giant conversation other than to say like, other than the sort of spiritual and moral applications I might apply to that, I, I think one basic tenet for me is like, well, I just, I, I, I think I don't want to feed the beast. I don't want to. Right. Right. You know, and, and hear me like that, that, that may sound indicting to someone who is into that kind of stuff. And, and I don't mean that too, other than to simply say that's part of the reason why is it's like, mm. I think, I think there is something to be said for people of faith maintaining a certain degree of conscientiousness and compassion towards the world, even when the world itself is raging, you know, our, Mm -hmm. our, and like, I'm not even claiming that that's like a simple thing. I don't make, I don't want to be glib there, but you know, our call isn't to participate in the flailing as it were, Mm, you know, uh, because all that's going to do is exacerbate what already exists. Anyway, sure. I think I think that's effectively yeah. kind of what you're scratching at. But yeah, I think that's yeah. I can you know for a, a movie that's shallow as all get out. I <laughs> I I don't think you're too far off base, Reed. Why? Um, thank you, thank you very I'm very. Glad much. The, well, I'm glad the flannel graph at Camp Crystal Lake taught you something, <laughs> and you were able to have a nice, lovely takeaway. Oh Oh my gosh! Well, let me uh, before we bring in our good old friend, uh, let me let me mention just briefly a, a scripture verse that I had pulled up and thought about with this. Um, it's not a one for one parallel, but but it made me think of a um, basically what's going on in Freddie vs. Jason Proverbs chapter twenty two and verse eight simply says, "He who sows injustice." will reap disaster and the rod of his fury will be destroyed. Again, getting to this idea of you foster these sort of unjust. Uh, what I would equate that the scriptures don't say, but I would equate to this sort of fear mongering and, and fear proselytizing. Um, you foster that and you will reap in kind. You will reap that same sort of thing. And uh, as the scripture puts it, that your, your weapon, it, what it calls the rod of fury will be destroyed. Like it's going to, it's going to devolve against you. Um, so yeah, do you, do you want to uh, go ahead and bring in our old friend David S. Pumpkins? Let's do it. You know, we we got to figure out who we're going to pit David S. Pumpkins against for our <laughs> D- DSPVWWRWL. Wow! <laughs> all the letters. Yes, oh, all yes. the initials. So David S. Pumpkins for Freddie versus Jason Reed. You know, style, scares, substance, my friend. We're at 102 episodes. Listeners can easily find what these all mean. For style, what, I mean, I don't, I feel like I don't even have to ask. Just, just throw it out there, Reed. <laughs> For me? Yeah. Okay. So I might surprise you here. My brief answer is 
If I were rating style on my enjoyment of the film, I would give it a five. Mm. If I were rating my style on like the objective qualities, I would probably give it a three because I think there's things to praise. But yes, it's it's at best probably a three star movie objectively. So I'm in a mid range and my style is a four. I'm resisting giving it a five because I don't think that's you quite don't have to right resist. It, just so. go just embrace. This is a mother effing five. Embrace the, style the beast. Is five. <laughs> this doesn't have to be a Reed versus Lackey moment. You can be a whole person. Um, that is hilarious. And give your five uh, because I will probably land at a two and a half. Um, All right. All yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's. I'm I'm very ambivalent. I I would not categorize it as a dislike. I would not categorize it as a like. So a two and Understood. a half right in the middle seems right. Uh, for scares, I would, I would probably also land at a two and a half. Like I jumped a couple All of right. times. It is gory and gross. It is not dreadful whatsoever. Um, but I did jump a few times and, and that's kind of what, what you get. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm actually going to land on a three for scares because exactly that. It's like some of the entries in these franchises are genuinely scary, but this one just leans way too heavy into the camp. You're going to jump a couple of times if it's your first time seeing it. But other than that, yeah, it's not really very scary. Now, for substance, I I just think I have to try to be fair here. I don't think that like we have done so many times before that I just invented what we talked about for thematic substance. I think it's it's there. It's baked into the narrative. But at the same time, I mean, this is, I mean, it, it's Freddy versus Jason. So there's, right, not, right. there's not a ton of substance here. So I'm going to land on a three for substance. Well, I'm going to, I value consistency. I think a long obedience in the same direction. <laughs> and I'm going to land at a two and a half on substance. There's, it's pretty paper thin, right. but you know, I'll give you some credit for pulling something out of this. Uh, this, right. this old, this old number two, you know, our, our David S. Pumpkins uh, measurement, we give it 6 out of 10. We give Freddy vs. Jason 6 out of 10. That sounds David right. S. Pumpkins. That sounds right. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it kind of feels Are you disappointed? Right. I mean, I feel, I'm worried you're no, 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 Okay, no, no. all right. No, because here's the... Cause Are you going to leap out of the, the screen at me and, and hover in midair this awesome backdrop and rock and roll not, music and be like, beat this, me up? Not this moment. No, 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 no. Um, Size-wise, you and I could be a, a Jason and Freddy. Size-wise, uh, you know, just that's possibly that'd true. Be wild. That's possibly true. Um, but uh, yeah, I was, so you know, shots, parting shots across the bow. The Robert England, obviously iconic Freddy sure. actor, but the popular Jason actor is a man named Kane Hodder, uh-huh. and fans were actually genuinely very upset that uh, Kane Hodder wasn't asked uh-huh. back for this film and the reason that he wasn't is because he um he actually just the director wanted somebody much taller which is actually i mean he's six two but the director wanted somebody who was more in the like six five six six range and so because he wanted that visual so that's why he wasn't uh so did you know that not only was rob zombie offered to direct this film which what a different film that would have been rob's you've never seen a rob zombie film no, have you oh no. man it would have been it would have been dramatically different if he had been off if he had accepted the directing but rob zombie was offered to direct this you know who else was peter jackson really peter jackson was offered to because remember new line had worked with him before on right. Lord of the rings yeah he was he was offered freddie versus jason turned it down obviously but yeah can you imagine what a peter jackson freddie versus jason would have been for the man to have on his filmography the lord of the rings films and freddie versus jason I just, yeah but that, he's that got what is out. that one movie beautiful somethings what's the oh beautiful that? creatures apparently heavenly that's, creatures heavenly, heavenly creatures one of the, one of his early films i haven't seen it is apparently pretty jacked up so i i I think there's an that, early film called Bad Taste that is really gross. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> really I think gross. our Lord of the Rings 
affection blinds us to his, you know, kind of darker <laughs> catalog. So it may, it may not be as off off point as we may think, you know. Understood. Understood. So uh, no, for me, I think this is I think this is an, a legitimately. A, a quality entry for these respective franchises. I think it's a perfect extension of where the franchises eventually went. Obviously, not with the same tone as their originals, but well, you know, it's... we could do a series mashup of number two and TV guideposts. It's like, oh, you read, yes, you read the guideposts while you're, you're <laughs> number two. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> on that note, guys, next week we are going to be talking about creep. Two, dun, dun, dun. the sequel to Creep. If you weren't sure, guys, available thank, on Netflix. Thank, Find it. Thank everywhere. you so much for coming out. Yes, it is available on Netflix. Reed, good to see you, brother. Good to chat with you about <laughs> you Freddy versus Jason. Um, oh, we'll gosh, take a we'll it. take a quick potty break and come back next week for number two, part <laughs> two. See you guys. Bye. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. You can follow us on Twitter, at The Fear of God. You can like and follow us on Facebook, or join the Facebook Fear of God discussion group. You can follow us on Instagram, at Fear of God Podcast. Go to morethanonelesson.com for show notes, or to leave a comment on this post or any of the other official episode posts. Email us at fearofgodpodcast at gmail.com. And last but not least, if you listen to us through iTunes, we would greatly appreciate a rating or review. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.